You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Three Pixels Podcast. We have another fresh episode for you to listen to. This one is all about the BAFTAs. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned. But before we get into the meat and potatoes, before we go into the real content here, got to introduce my wonderful co-host. We have Daviana Ridley. Use your full name. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Martin, shall I use your full name? You may if you must. No, it's alright. I'll let I'll let the mystery go on. How are you doing, Martin? Yeah, all well. Thank you very much, Ben. You know, another great day we've had here in the UK of nice weather. So a nice, um, obviously, beverages of non-alcoholic description. I mean, do what you like, mate. You're you're old enough. What do I care? <laughs> <laughs> I appear uh, sensible on this podcast, you see. I guess so. Typically, I came away from the warmer weather. Uh, Wales has been all right, but yesterday uh, was was not that great. We we tried to have an outdoor event. Uh, socially distant events in the garden and uh yeah let's just say it started raining so that was lovely and it was the hottest day of the of the the year in the uk so typical wales uh living up to it's uh a very high standard of of warm weather it's been absolutely sweltering here not that anybody's asked but it's been (laughs) above 100 several days uh this week and above 90 pretty much all week which is like above 30 degrees pretty much every single day in in Celsius. And uh, and yeah, it's been pretty miserable. Great. Yeah, I mean, no, we didn't ask, but I think you're telling us. It's time to get into the cool content. Martin. Yes, thank you very much, Ben. And maybe you saw it or maybe you didn't, but we're going to be talking about the BAFTAs. Now, firstly, for people who don't know what a BAFTA is, it's the British Academy of Film and Television Arts Award which is an independent charity that supports and develops art forms of moving image. That is it in a nutshell. And it's a little bit of a mouthful it to is, say uh, quickly. Yeah, <laughs> thank God they, they went with an acronym of BAFTA. So it makes it like very, very easy. Now, we're going to go through some categories that I feel like were either ones that I've seen most of the, the nominations in, as well as the most interesting and more prestigious awards that happen at the BAFTAs. So the first one that I want to talk about is in animated film. Is it Claws? I loved that movie. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> so yes, no, Claws did win, as Daviana said. And my girlfriend also loved the movie. I've not seen Claws, unfortunately. No. But I really like animated films. And for me, it came up against quite uh, heavy hitters in terms of a Shaun the Sheep movie, which I recently actually saw on the Friday. It was actually televised here in the UK. Frozen 2 and Toy Story 4. Uh, Frozen 2, I think, was... I'm sorry to say to those people out there, it was pretty disappointing. It always harked back to, at times, like Frozen 1, and it almost came across as, look how great this film was. Forget about this sort of film. Go back and watch the original one. And that's how it felt like when I was watching it. As well as, I thought the story at times was a bit meh. As well as um, there's a couple of characters that just came in and just came straight back out again, or they served very little to know of the plot, even though like a, there's like a salamander in there, and it's just there to be cute and nothing else. And it just felt like I understand it's one of the four elements, but it just felt just there to sell merchandise. In terms of Shaun the Sheep movie, 
you know, once again, it's stop animation like the old Wallace and Gromit films. And I really do appreciate people who have the patience to go frame by frame to slightly move and alter the character models to make them come alive. You know, I remember the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. I think that took two and a half years to film. That is an incredible task for anyone to undertake. And once again, a Sean the Sheep movie, I think, technically is a Marvel piece, but story-wise, again, very fruitless. Artman Animations, yeah, they go to extreme lengths to create their movies. They uh, they go all out, and I have a lot of respect for them. British film company, been doing it for years since the early Wallace and Gromit days. And finally, one of my favourite films of the past year, um, it would be Toy Story 4. I went to go watch this in the cinemas uh, with my girlfriend, and I really enjoyed how they sort of closed the chapter of like Woody's adventure. You know, this guy who was always loyal to the end. In the in three films, you saw how loyal he was. He always wanted to get back to his owner, Andy or Bonnie. And he always had this sense of, you know, faithfulness towards his owner. But this film sort of questioned that. It was like, well, what if Woody was no longer needed and he felt like his self-worth is now in doubt and in question? And now that you have a former love interest of his in Bo Peep, who's emerged and come like Thermopolis, saying like, you know, come with me, I can offer you something better, a better lifestyle than you're living now. And to me, I think it was... He should have won. I I can't say that for sure, because like I said, I haven't seen Claw, so I'll go to Daviana in a second to ask about her opinions of the film. But out of the other three, I think it was a stronger contender. So Davi, quickly just talk to us about Claws and what you liked about the film. Okay, so it's been a couple months uh, since I've seen it because it's a Christmas film, so it would be a little odd if I was randomly watching it in the middle of July. Um, But, fun fact, um, before we started recording for this season, I actually played around with recording film reviews on my phone a couple times, and I would just send them to Ben to listen to, just for fun. And uh, this movie was actually one of them. And I don't know if I still have the recording or not. I just think it's so funny that I happened to watch this, like, seemingly just a kid's Christmas movie on Netflix. And now it's come up for, like, film awards. And um, at the time, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant from what I remember. There's a young man and he's basically good for nothing. And he is the son of a very wealthy man who wants to teach him a lesson about like being a good person and making your own way in the world. The wealthy dad sends him to like school to go become a mailman. Being who he is, he purposefully fails at it. And then he winds up being punished for failing um, on purpose by being sent to this like remote outpost post office, middle of nowhere. Nobody wants to set up a post office there because the whole town is at war with itself. There's these two feuding families and um, they have made life absolutely miserable. And it's in this like Slavic 
sort of inspired town where it's constantly snowing. He meets all these like interesting cast of characters. It's a lot like the families in Romeo and Juliet, the Capulets and the Montagues. They just despise each other and they're constantly at war. And then eventually he meets this like mysterious, scary, refrigerator-sized man in the woods in a cabin all alone. And uh, it turns out he makes toys. And so they like partner up and it's like a Santa Claus um, creation story. And I thought it was brilliant at the time. I loved it. I think I remember saying in my review that like it could easily become a Christmas classic. So now that I'm thinking about it, I can absolutely see why it would be nominated for awards and whatnot. I thought it was brilliant. Okay, so Ben, we've already heard a little bit of your feelings. So when you look at this, these uh, nominations, would you have said that Claus would have won? Being a Christmas movie, being a very seasonal film, and hearing Darby's explanation of Claus, because I, I understand that you haven't watched it yourself, would you have said this would have won it? Uh, if not, who would you have said have won it and why? Well, I'm entirely biased. This is the problem with the question, is that I haven't seen Claws, so it's hard for me to compare. And the reason I, I thought Toy Story 4 would actually win uh, was that it felt like a mastery of the the genre in many ways. I think it was a mastery in real human storytelling in a cartoon. It was mastery of what cinematics could be achieved in a cartoon. They managed to pull off lens effects that you would only normally see with real cameras. They pulled off stuff that you never saw in animations and other films like it had, weren't doing. So it was just such a inspiring and different movie to watch compared to the rest in this whole genre that that's why i thought that it was quite an interesting one and that it might actually win because of its technical uh um, its technical achievements i'm glad you just said that you've reminded me of a video i recently watched i think it was like a three-parter where they broke down scene by scene all like the uh, technical aspects of it and in one of the scenes where they're in that like sort of like a antique shop they actually implemented a lot of dust particles and you could see like as the sun hits like it all floating in and how it interacts like the uh, area around it as well as uh, the team behind it uh, studied how dust actually lays on the ground and how to collect um, dust and cobwebs and they actually asked people who work in these shops who have been there for decades what you'd sort of see, how the dust would sort of lay, and stuff like that is yeah. it's crazy. The fine detail, it reminds me of um, with Bugs Life when they made a garden at the back of Pixar Studios and literally just put cameras in there, just saw the world like if you were an ant. So like the level of detail is outstanding. It, it, it is really special. I mean, for the moment you start watching it and seeing the, the rain fall, and the realism of that it, it hits you from that first moment that okay this is a, this is a very highly detailed movie high quality and of course Darby the only person to see the actual winner of the nomination of the best animated feature would you say Claus should have won or was there something else in your mind and we'll move on from here well, actually, I have seen three out of four of the nominated animated films. Um, the only one that I haven't seen is the Shaun the Sheep movie. 
And I will say that out of the three of the four, it would be a tough call between Klaus or more accurately, I think it's pronounced Klaus um, and Toy Story 4. The only thing that I think puts Klaus above Toy Story 4, in my opinion, is that Toy Story 3, for me, wrapped everything up so beautifully and so perfectly that Toy Story 4 was an unnecessary addition to the series. And while I appreciated all of the thematic elements that Benjamin was talking about, I will say that with beautiful themes didn't need to exist. I can appreciate how they ended Woody's story finally, but I can't say that I liked it or I would have made those choices as a writer. That's not something that I would have gone with. Does that make it bad or less than? No. But um, I will say that in this category, I agree with their choice. I feel like we should discuss how 1917 absolutely swept the floor. Because it's a freaking awesome movie. Darby hasn't seen it, though, still. 1917 got seven awards. And by the way, I will fight about Joker getting any awards. Okay. Let alone three of them. Well, okay, we'll we'll get into that then. Let's uh, let's quickly just talk about uh, Darby's gripe there. So, the Joker won in in casting, I believe, as well as they won an original score, and I can't see the third one. Um, oh, Joaquin Phoenix won leading actor for oh, his role in Joker, which he deserves. Jesus, that was an intense role to play. Let's go with. Um, the leading actor, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, won. He was up against Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, Edgerton in Rocket Man, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. Now, realistically, I have to agree with Ben again here. I mean, I think Adam Driver, what I've seen of his work, I like him, and the same with Leonardo DiCaprio. I think, you know, he's a very um, highly rated actor uh, still, but his portrayal of Joker, you know, it, it's hard to live up to someone like Heath Ledger's uh, 2008 rendition of, of the Joker, and I think he did it justice. He did make it his own. There were some weird moments, and a lot of his things did get memed, like the one when he was walking down the stairs and all that. It was very mm-hmm. bizarre uh, watching that back. But I think it. he won it, and this is no disrespect to anyone who's been nominated for this, but I feel like it was a bit, a little weak in areas, and I think he should have got it, and I think it was just. Okay, so here's my hot take, is that Leonardo you DiCaprio you consistently an eight, always, good performance, Never anything that stellar, let's be honest. Adam Driver, I'm a little bit biased towards. I adore Adam Driver. But Taron Edgerton is Rocket Man. I feel like I feel like he just hit the nail on the head so well and so precisely and so believably 
I think I would have given it to Taron Edgerton. However, even though I did not like the Joker, putting those feelings aside, I do think that Joaquin Phoenix did an excellent job as an actor. He pulled off his role beautifully. Um, he absolutely embodied the like essence of the Joker as a psychopath, as he was supposed to be portrayed. I think absolutely brilliant. I just happen to prefer Taron Edgerton, and that is just my opinion. I just, I just like him better. I actually agree with you. Taron Edgerton had to go above and beyond. He not only had to look and act like Elton John, he had to sound like Elton John when he sang. And he had to nail the range of stuff that Elton John does from the poppier ones to the rocky ones. And, you know, that's that's more than Elton John has to do. Elton John can just be himself and happens to be a good singer and can sing these songs um, and write these songs. You know, Taran has to do that, you know, and actually be able to act like someone that isn't him, you know, act like a, another character. So in terms of, you know, level of effort and, you know, acting ability and pure skill, you know, it, it's I think it's much more. And I and I think actually overall, you, you probably did deserve it. It's a really difficult call, though, I think. I think you've got a really good lineup in there generally. I, I personally think that, uh, you know, the, the Joker was a, a very good movie for what it was trying to achieve and its themes and uh, um, and everything else. So I actually quite enjoy the strong word only because it it's not like your Toy Story 4 or whatever that has a feel good element to it. You know, it is a very sad and depressing movie, but it tells a story in a very interesting and and. and in a in a very clever way. I would actually agree with you, Darby, on actor choice. So once again, me and Darby are in a disagreement. However, I have to make sure that that, that comment on Leonardo DiCaprio does not slide. An 8 out of 10 out of everything. I, I just can't have that. And it's a real unpopular opinion. And this is just pure biasness now from me. I think he's a very overrated actor. And I'm really sorry to say it. When he won his Oscar, I actually felt a little bit inside die of me that day because I thought I wanted him to be a nearly man and always like oh, always the bridesmaid but never the bride I think he won it was it The Revenant I think he won his um, Oscar in I would agree with you about him being a very average actor personally I, but I think The Revenant was an incredibly good film and I think he did deserve it in the end for that as much as it was the running joke that he never got one so that that's my take on that no, that's totally fine. But I'm trying to think. There was a, a film that came up uh, before. Oh, Wolf on Wall Street. His portrayal in that, I thought, deserved an Oscar in that. And I can't remember who won it that year, but I remember it was one of those sort of like 50-50s. You didn't know where it was going to go. I like some of his films, but a lot of it is just like, is it Oscar worthy? With The Revenant, yes, you could understand, okay, he got it. But at the same time, I'm just like bring myself to say that he's a great actor yet, in my opinion. He's no Tom Hanks, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, Martin, I think what you're saying is actually a lot of what I was saying, which is that he is fairly mediocre in a lot of what he does. You know, he's good, he's there, he is a physical body doing his job, but <laughs> he falls short of actually being 
outstanding and worthy of some kind of award. And um, you gave it I, eight out of ten. Yeah. I, I, if I got eight out of ten in something, I would be happy. I know that you hold high standards on yourself. Maybe eight out of ten isn't a very good mark, but I would I would take eight out of ten as an actor or any any profession. No, Benjamin, an eight out of ten is a B. It's a B plus. No, not even <laughs> a B plus is eighty nine percent. Okay, so like that would be an eight point nine, closer to a nine. I think he's above average. An average should be a C. It's never actually average. But I think that he's above average, but he's just not stellar. He's not, for me, one of the best actors of his generation. Um, I like him. I've got nothing against him. I thought he was really good in Wolf of Wall Street. I enjoy his performance in Titanic. Um, as well as a lot of his other works, because he's been in a lot of stuff. But I just don't count him on my list of, like, my favorite actors. I mean, I root for him. I like him. Got nothing against him. But does he give an award-worthy performance? Not usually. So, actually, Martin, I think that we're more in agreement than disagreement here. But have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Have you seen The Revenant? Yes and yes. You've seen both of those? Yeah. Okay, Fight all right. me, Benjamin. I, I will take it back. I will take it back. If you've seen both of those, <laughs> I stand corrected. I have seen I, both of those. I, I do not come to, to you as a complete, like, talking out of nowhere, hot air. I never said that. Mm. I was just checking from what are you basing this on. The other two nominations that the Joker got was original score and casting. It, I think that's where really I suspected it would get it for casting. Uh, Once Upon a Time in, a, in Hollywood um, and the personal history of David Copperfield, I think were very solid casting choices. But alas, you know, they lost up to their Joker. And original score, surprised actually either 1917 or Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, uh, which is obviously done by the legendary John Williams, missed also out on the Joker winning their BAFTA award as well. I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to go past that, but I just... Sorry, Darby, go for it. Can I just say how freaking tired I am of hearing about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Like, that was the most boring movie. It won all the awards um, because Hollywood loves to watch a movie about itself bury it in the back of our DVD collection where it deserves to be, I would really appreciate it. That was unnecessarily aggressive, I'm sorry. Okay, be that as it may, yes, you're right. The Oscars like to watch itself on screen, fair enough. But this is the BAFTAs, something completely different towards like the uh, Oscars and doesn't really have too much tie-ins towards uh, Hollywood. And... You could argue uh, that's probably maybe one reason why he didn't win. You know, add your conspiracy theory hat right here why he didn't win. But genuinely, I was very surprised that Rise of Skywalker didn't win because always, always the Star Wars soundtracks are so iconic. And as soon as you hear like the opening of Star Wars or even like that slow trombone going in, you can say, this is from a Star Wars film. So moving on, we're going to talk about the prize that every single film wants to win here at the BAFTAs. And we're going to go with some of the candidates that were up for it. That was 1917, The Irishman, Joker, 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We all know Darby's voting for that one. And Parasite. So, here in those nominations, guys, who would you have selected as your winner? And give a reason why. I actually think Parasite would have won only because it has done really well critically. And it has won quite a few awards. I haven't actually seen it. It's still on my to see list, but I know that it went down incredibly well when Parasite came out. So I would say just because of general critic response to the movie and the fact that it is actually quite different um, and stuff like The Irishman came out on Netflix. So I feel like it doesn't always get the same sort of support because Netflix productions generally don't. The 1917 is, is kind of in a line of other war films that have been out in recent times. Uh, the joke is a little bit of a sort of a, an oddball in its own right. And then once upon a time Hollywood, we said, you know, it's, it's really a Hollywood movie for the Oscars. The BAFTAs don't really look at it in the same way. So yeah, I would have said Parasite if I, if I would have had to have predicted who won. If I had to choose between these choices, um, for who I thought would have won, I would have been somewhere between 1917 and The Joker because I have not watched any of the best film nominations all the way through. I only watched Joker halfway through before I rage quit, but I heard the most from Ben about 1917 and The Joker. I have not heard anybody talking about The Irishman Parasite or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and obviously I'm surrounded by Americans so slightly different audience over here but judging by the Brits that I know all that I heard was 1917 and the Joker. Okay yeah and I can understand that and yes over here in the UK 1917 was uh, really well documented uh, very publicized and a lot of critics praised the film and, and Ben and I did go watch the film together and yeah it was a superb uh, World War One film all the way through suspense and drama as well as there's always a sense of time and pressure going throughout the film and I really like these films that have a sense of urgency one of my favorite films and I know it's Ben's all-time favorite film in Back to the Future there was always like this presence of danger and time you know that you have to get here quickly because uh, this will alter this and with 1917 it was a race against time to stop the, the uh, first wave hitting the German to hit the German fortification first and cost thousands upon thousands of lives and it, you really had that sense of will he won't he do it so much like uh, action and suspense packed in such a realistically a small space of time but every minute and every character mattered it felt like that was why I enjoyed that film so much. It captured the sense of time in a way that a film hasn't really done before. You felt that you'd been watching it as long as the people been going on this journey. You saw every little bit of what happened. It didn't skip forward. It didn't try and make it seem action packed. You know, it the suspense of watching them go through it really added to the movie and, and gave a unique view on. World War Two, consider sorry, World War God, Darby's coming. Gave me a gave me a unique view on such uh, an important war that was World War One, and brought a different view to what other movies have done in the past. 
lay this out uh, here first, and then I'm going to uh, bring it over to Darby. I will just say that one continuous shot, well, it almost felt like one continuous shot, was a, a stroke of masterpiece. Like, watching like, the behind the scenes of how they'd like sync things up and how it wasn't... It was superb. And, and you felt like, as an audience, that you were on the uh, ride alongside them, which is a really... Uh, important and positive thing that came out of that film because you felt like you went through those trenches with him so to speak so Darby as promised let's hear what you have to say one thing that did surprise me looking through the nominations for best film of the entire year is that Jojo Rabbit wasn't on there for me Jojo Rabbit was a defining film for the year and when I think back on the films that I've seen this year, albeit I immediately think about Jojo Rabbit, albeit it was later in the year, so it's more recent in my mind, but I thought that was an absolutely brilliant film, um, and I expected it to get awards, um, at least more awards than it seems to have gotten. I mean... It seems like the only award that it got from the BAFTAs was adapted screenplay. The problem often lies with the fact that it's such a small, it's relatively such a small film. It was not made and distributed and published in the big, some of the, some of these movies that were in best film were, and they weren't promoted in the same way. And that often does then see it not get nominated for as much, which is sad because it, Although if, I can't remember the movie Picture House, although it was a fairly large movie Picture House uh, that promoted it, it, they used their up-and-coming side of it rather than the main side. So it, it was seen as... It was seen as, like, um, for Taika... For Taika? Taika? Waititi? Yeah. For, for, for Waititi, uh, it was one of his first ventures into movie-making... In this in this scale, so I think that uh, it didn't get as much um, light as it deserved, for sure. You both hit the nail on the head. Um, again, with Darby, I agree. Uh, I was surprised it wasn't nominated or won as much as it, it did. And with Ben, I think you're right. I think it was a little niche in areas, but still a great film. And when I think of um, films gone by this year and previous year, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't win as much. But there were some heavy hitters in this. Yeah, 1917 sort of came out at a wrong time for Jojo Rabbit. It would have been interesting if there was no 1917 and would it have done better? Who's to say? Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for on this episode. Stay tuned for the next part where we will be going over more from the BAFTAs. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode. You can check out our social media in the show notes and also our Patreon where you can give generously and we'll give you back something in return. But on that note, we'll see you on the next episode. Adios. You're tuned in to the 3Pixels podcast. 